Growth Igniters Radio, episode 110, Beyond Outsourcing, how small businesses and large companies can work together to create new value. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. Once again, it's great to join you for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to take themselves and their companies to the next level of success. So Pam, what are we going to take on today? How small businesses and large companies can work together to create new value. All right. Now, those who know us may recall a study that we did nearly four years ago now, where we asked CEOs and senior executives in companies of all sizes about trends related to strategic alliances. Right. And those who responded predicted that these relationships would be even more important over the years. And I love it when we go looking fast forward here and it has come to pass. So our crystal ball is clear. That's right. And there were a lot of other insights from this study that have even more relevance today. Right. And you can access the study by going to the resources section on Growth Igniter's Radio episode 110. So one of the other big insights is that in a rapidly changing environment, the path to staying relevant to customers is combining in all types of ways to create new value through products and services. Mm -hmm. And of course, these relationships are not always easy to sustain. Mm, that's what our so, study shows. <laughs> that's right. So to keep the focus on providing value to customers, small businesses and large companies need to go beyond their differences and learn from each other in order to unlock the full potential of these relationships. Right. And this focus on the customer and creating new value is why we're bringing back today's guest, Jim Blasingame author of the award-winning book, The Age of the Customer, Prepare for the Moment of Relevance. He's one of the world's foremost experts on small business and entrepreneurship. He's also the creator and host of the weekday radio program, The Small Business Advocate Show, which is on the air five days a week since 1997. I am very proud to be a member of Jim's Brain Trust for over 10 years. This time goes by. <laughs> and you can see Jim's complete bio and listen to our other conversations with him by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 110, and scrolling down to resources. So, Jim, welcome back again to Growth Igniters Radio. Hi, Pam. How are you doing? I'm doing great and so glad that you're able to join us again. This is such an important topic. Thank you for inviting me. And, and hi, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing well, Jim. Jim, we saw this insight about the importance of creating new value by having small companies and large companies working together. What do you see in 2017? You're the small business advocate. If you don't mind, let me go back a little ways. Uh, I've got quite a deep taproot in this area. I saw what we're talking about right now begin to, to germinate probably... Oh, 25 to 30 years ago, when companies started downsizing, actually they started downsizing in the 70s, 
Right. But they really did it quite a bit in the late 80s and 90s. And so what I saw was that these big companies were downsizing their people, but that didn't mean they were downsizing the tasks that those people did. Well, that's, that's right. True. And so what, what, what it created was what we now call outsourcing to, to a large degree. It really, it really beat that, that whole thing up because the people who got laid off went out and formed companies and came back and did the same jobs as a contractor, right? And, and so now we have the well-developed uh, sector of, of outsourcing that we see. And so in the late 90s, when I started doing my radio show, I predicted three things that small business owners would have to become good at uh, above all other things in the 21st century. And the first one was they'd, they'd have to, to learn how to leverage technology. They were going to have to focus everything on making sure they were good at technology. Number two, they were going to have to get good, good at networking. Mm-hmm. And then and the third thing is they'd have to, they'd have to learn how to develop strategic alliances. And the reason was, was because I knew that more and more big companies were going to be, be requiring more and more out of their smaller uh, outsourced partners. And those small companies might not have the resources to pony up for an RFP that they might come their way. And so they were going to have to learn how to not only outsource with their big customers, but maybe align themselves with another, another company of their size, someone who had capability that they didn't have, but didn't have the relationship. And they would have to bring in, in uh, strategic partners, uh, strategic alliances to, to take advantage of those things. And they would, they want to have to, you can almost think about it as a strategic alliances as another way to capitalize your business. Does that make sense? Well, sure. So it sounds like what you've been doing is you've been preparing small businesses to look at these kinds of different partnering relationships for quite a while. And now the time has come where you've written this book, The Age of the Customer. And the focus is on the customer, of course, it's creating new value. And in the changing world, how do you see these relationships needing to evolve to create that new value that customers are expecting? It has changed so substantially. There are a couple of things that are happening in parallel universes. Number one, I don't know whether you've noticed this or not. Pam, I think you and I have talked about maybe on the show before, on my show. And that is how things changed after 2008. Mm-hmm. What companies were willing to do and how much larger companies were willing to really be good partners changed a lot after 2008. So that's one thing I think you have, you have to realize, even though it's been seven years now since, since 2008, and I say 2008, I mean, the, obviously, the, the, the recession and the financial crisis, which are, which are kind of two different things. They just happened at the same time. Uh, but companies have really changed the way they look at relationships. And I guess my advice first would be, don't be naive about the relationship with your big customers. If you're a small business, you probably need to realize, and again, this might be a little controversial, but I think it's tough love. You might, you're going to have to realize that, that you may be their partner, but the way you think of being a partner, they won't think of it that way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We saw that. In fact, that was one of the big findings was that you could have two people sitting across from each other in a room and they're calling the relationship the same thing and they have totally different definitions internally of what that means, how they're set up. So I think that you're my strategic partner and you're thinking, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it, well, you know, and, right. it, and it creates and a real I, problem. And, and I'll, I'll, if, if, you, if, if you don't, if this doesn't work out, I'll I'll, I'll jack you up and run another one under you. And, That's right. Uh, so you can't be naive about that. And, uh-huh. and of course, we still want their business. See, I, I still have memories of prior to 2008 
when my customers, my partners would, you know, when, when they weren't like that, but, but things are different now. So the, the other, the other thing that I think people need to realize is in my opinion, if you're trying to create a strategic alliance, you're more likely going to create it with, as I said earlier, with somebody who can help you serve a bigger customer and the big company is going to be your customer, but they may see you, if you, if you do a good job, they may see you as a strategic alliance rather than a vendor if mm-hmm. you do your job. And one thing you can do that will absolutely keep you in their view as a strategic uh, alliance more than just a vendor is if everything you do helps them help their customers. And if that's you can right. do that, that's how you be, that's how you're viewed, whether you've got two or three other strategic alliances helping you or not, that's how you're viewed by them as a strategic alliance. And it will help you avoid being replaced by a competitor because the competitor probably is not going to come in like that. They're going to come in thinking, I can, I can save these guys money. But if, you're, if, if your track record is that you're helping them help their customer to do, by doing things that they're not good at, by being relevant to a customer sector that they're trying to reach, and that's your, that's your forte, that's what you got to do. Look, look all the way through your big customer to their customer. Talk mm-hmm. to them about that customer and then, and then deliver on that. That's how that, that big company will think of you as a strategic alliance. So adopting a strategic mindset is going to make you a better strategic partner. Makes sense. That's exactly right. And that's what we're going to talk more about in the next segment. So we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Jim Blasingame, the small business advocate, about how we can create even stronger relationships with our partners. Stay with us. You are with us on Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. And we're on the web at businessadvance.com. Does this topic resonate with you? Check out related episodes to expand your perspectives and take away immediately useful ideas. Go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 110, and scroll down to resources. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are talking with Jim Blasingame, author of The Age of the Customer and host of The Small Business Advocate Show about increasing the quality of partnering between small and large businesses to create even more value for everybody involved. Jim, how can people find out more about you and your book and The Small Business Advocate? Thank you, Pam. And, and again, I want to congratulate you and Scott on the great job you're doing with your show. Well, uh, as you know, I was, I was, I was, uh, I watched you guys as you formed this and put it together. And now you've been on for a couple of three years, I think. And, and, and so I'm really proud of what you guys have not only have created, but you've stuck with it. And that's sustaining, sustaining what you do is the key to, to whether, you know, whether you've got quality people and a quality idea and you guys have. And so I, I just first want to congratulate you on that. And Thank all you. the great work that you're doing. Um, my website's a smallbusinessadvocate.com. 
And uh, or you can go to jimblastinghead.com. That'll get you to all the things that I do to wear all the free stuff, including the great interviews I've done with Pam Harper over the years. <laughs> and uh, and also, if you want to find out more about my book, The Age of the Customer, you can go to ageofthecustomer.com. And uh, and a lot of free stuff on both of those sites. Um, you can buy the book from me. You can buy it from Amazon. And if you want to work a little harder, there's a whole lot of articles on my on my main website that are from the book. So you can get a whole lot of the book just for free by going and looking around there. Uh, whatever it takes to make you have the maximum opportunity to be successful. That's one of the things the three of us have in common. That's, <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is a great resource, Jim. So let's get back to our conversation. You talk with a lot of small businesses, a lot of small companies, and they tell you a lot of things. What do they tell you that they wish would happen differently or better in their relationships with larger companies, you know, where everybody's seeing it as working together to create something new for the customers? I did some research on this uh, not too long ago. Pam, you may have actually participated. I don't remember. Um, People who 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 were in the profile of of small business that you're talking about. And I asked them, tell me about your relationship with your big business customers. And we asked them a lot of things. And, and the general consensus was that uh, 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 big companies, and I, and I think we said this earlier, they want you to be their partner, but they don't necessarily want to be your partner. And, and it's not that they mean to be that way. It's just the way they are. They're so big. They, they, the way they do things, that, you know, everything has to have a, a, a committee or two, and people change. I would say one of the main things that's disheartening to a lot of leaders of small companies, and especially along the lines of your, your specific point about the long-term relationship, is the, the, the people they connect to, their contacts at these big companies, they keep changing. And now the larger the company, the worse it is. The smaller the company, maybe not so much. But but mm-hmm. when I remember back in the day, Scott, uh, uh, you'll remember this, Pam won't, but, uh, but Scott, back way back in the day, you you might work for, with the same the same purchasing agent or the same uh, person in charge of a certain area of a company. You might work with it for twenty or thirty years. Yeah. And now they've changed so fast. Or even if the person you're working with doesn't leave the company, they keep moving things around. Are you guys seeing that? That's that's one of the most frustrating parts that I'm hearing from my folks. Is once you establish a working relationship, you know, six months a year later, you've got to do it all over again. It does happen that way. In fact, one thing to uh, to think about is we have companies of every size on their growth journey listening. So there are people who are listening to you right now saying this, going, huh, this is a very interesting thing. They're thinking we work really well with our small businesses that we're collaborating, we're creating new value together. And here you're saying that the people that you talk to regularly, the small businesses are saying, "Uh uh-uh, doesn't work that way. Well, you know, I I just think that the big companies aren't doing it to you when they, when they, when they behave in a way that sort of creates problems for you. (laughs) A small company is is not going to complain. Probably they're going to adjust. They're going to suck up their frustrations and and all that sort of thing. But the, the big companies are not doing it on purpose necessarily. It's sort of the nature of the beast. But I, a while back, I was actually considering creating an award mm-hmm. to be given to big companies for their performance with, with small vendors okay. and, and come up with some criteria. Because I think they just don't realize that they're, it, it, could, it varies anywhere from, from being inconvenient to bullying. Yeah. I, I'm, again, I said, I said earlier, I might be a little 
controversial, but I, 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 I have been bullied by big companies and I've, from bullying all the way down to just not realizing that you're so big, you could roll over me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So you have this uh, all too common lopsided relationship. It seems, though, that this dynamic is a disservice, not just to the smaller partner, but to the larger company and, and larger company's customers. They're not getting they're not getting what they can get. Yeah, because what what hap- what happens is what I've seen is a lot of money gets spent on a project that the people internally in the big company work on and, and the and, and the small partner brought in is works on. And then, but the project gets killed or whatever before it gets finished because some, something up, upstream changes and it kind of demoralizes everybody. And so I don't know how to fix that, but I, I do, if I could say one thing to the big companies and I, I do business with them just like you guys do, I love them and I still want their business. But if I could say something to them right now, I would say, find a way to become a little more in tune with how your interaction with your small companies how that's affecting them, especially if you want to get more for your money out of it, if you want to get better performance, because if they're always worried, so to speak, about how the relationship is going to roll out, then, you know, you're not going to get the most performance out of it. The responsibility for full value falls on both parties. That was interesting, too. On that study that we had, one of the strongest themes was this need for mutuality. We looked at both the small companies and the large companies. And you know what was really fascinating is both of them said, we need mutuality. So there's a need to learn from each other. And that's why we really wanted to talk with you today. One thing real quickly. Sure. The, yeah. the, the problem with the big companies, again, it's not that they're doing anything on purpose. They're not mad at anybody, anything like that. Right. It's that prior to 2008, you were probably dealing with the person who, if there needed to be an adjustment, if somebody needed to make a difference and, and adjust to the little company, you were dealing with that person. Mm-hmm. Now, after 2008, you're less likely to deal with the ultimate controller of your project. You're dealing with somebody who's been given the responsibility, but not the authority. And yep. that's another thing. If I could recommend to big companies, try to put that authority down closer to the relationship So that if the little company says, you know, we could use a little help here, the person they're dealing with could actually make that happen. Does that make sense? Jim, you are so right. And we're going to talk more about this, but first we're going to take a quick break. So stay tuned. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Jim Blasingame, small business advocate, about how we can create even more effective relationships with our partners. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. Does your company have what it takes to meet your current commitments and move fast enough to respond to new opportunities? Take the first step to confirm your perspective by requesting our free resource, Five Questions to Ask When You Need to Move Even Faster. Our questionnaire will help you find out where to begin to focus your energy and resources so that what should be happening really is happening faster and more effectively. We've developed these questions based on our work with clients in over 30 industries. We've helped them scale faster, make innovation happen faster, and more quickly respond to new opportunities. This has generated millions of dollars in top and bottom line growth. Now you can have this resource on a complimentary basis just for sharing your valid contact information with us. 
So don't miss out. Go today to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 110. Scroll down to resources and click the link, download five questions to ask when you need to move even faster. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Jim Blazingame, author of The Age of the Customer and host of the Small Business Advocate Show about increasing the value of small company, large company partnering. Jim, tell us again how people can find out more about you and your book and the radio show. Thanks, Pam. And thanks, Scott. And folks, after you've gotten all the genius out of Pam and Scott's resources, come to me at smallbusinessadvocate.com <laughs> and find my, you can find my book, more about my book, ageofthecustomer.com. That's the top of the book as well. And uh, Pam, I hopefully in, in a few months, I'll be able to talk about my fourth book coming out. It's on ethics. I won't tell you any more about that. Oh. I'll give you a little bit of a teaser. Oh, great. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk more about that. So let's go back to our conversation. This is the part of Growth Igniters Radio, where we talk about the immediately actionable ideas. People finish listening and they say, okay, now what am I going to do? Some practical advice. Right. And uh, you were spot on when you were talking about the idea in the last segment about the need for authority in uh, partnering relationships to be with, especially in the large company, but in the small company too, with the people who actually have that accountability for strategy and culture as well. Yeah, a more strategic approach to the whole thing. Is there something else you would recommend with regard to that? Well, the first thing I would do is I would say, okay, what do we offer our customers? Whether it be strategic alliances or whatever, this is good for all your business. What do I offer my customers right now and what does it do for them? Of course, we're talking mostly business to business here. So some of what I do might not be, you know, deliver a wrench that somebody can pick up and use, right? It might be an idea. It might be some content. It might be something that where you're the nexus between a big customer and a a sector that they're trying to reach. And you're good at that. So the first thing I would do is say, okay, when we deliver our nugget of value to them first, is it relevant to them, not competitive? Mm-hmm. Because we, as you know, uh, uh, Pam and Scott, I, I believe today people are, are looking for relevance first and competitive second. So the first thing is, are we relevant to them? Because if we're relevant to them, if we've looked at that and we know we're relevant to them, that means that price is not going to be the first thing. Okay. Uh, color selection is not going to be the first thing they look at. And the more we can be in their, their relevant sweet spot, the less likely we are to be beaten by a competitor because we wheedled our way into their hearts by being more relevant. And that's something that's hard for a competitor to compete against you on because you're in there in that business under specifications that are so are deeper than, a, than, than, a, than an mm-hmm. RFP. That's definitely true, Jim. If it's not outsourcing, if let's say that there is no RFP, but in fact, there is a discovery that uh, we could create a new product or service jointly for a customer, that it's relevant. We're, mm-hmm. we're in that space. You mentioned that making sure that the people at the top or whoever it is who's making the decisions about strategy in both partners are participating in the relationship. Is there anything else 
that you think would be important then in creating that more valuable relationship? Well, I, and, and I know I sound like a, book, a broken record, but let me just say this. Everything, and this applies to almost everything that we do, everything that you're supposed to do tomorrow or a week from now or a year from now, everything is inside of a customer's head, a prospect's head. And your customers, your big business customers, your, your strategic alliances or your, your outsourced uh, customers or whatever you want to call them, they have prospects, they have customers. And I would do everything I could do to find out what's inside of their heads because whatever their expectations are, that's what they're looking to your customer for. And your customer might not even know that. Yeah. See, this is, again, this is back to the relevance. If you want a silver bullet, if you want a silver bullet that will, will, will wind up turning into a, a fish hook into that customer that, that will never let go, it's finding out what does your customer's customer want, expect uh, from them that they might not know about, or if they know about it, they're not able to deliver it as, as elegantly to that sector as you can, and you fill that, uh, that gap. And, and notice I haven't said one thing about price or product or color or delivery. In my opinion, that's the, that's the level of the sweet spot. That's what a special sauce is that will allow you to, to get in there. And I mean, that's, I don't have a, a, a turn a dial here and turn a dial there. I really think because it's different for everybody. Sure. I think the problem people are having right now is they're missing how to put that special sauce together. Right. And so what you're talking about is really, as you say, getting inside the head of the partner. And that requires the willingness of both parties, both sides to do that, to have that kind of a conversation that gets to right. more, more than transactional. And that requires a cultural fit. They have to be willing to do that. How can a, a company get a feeling for whether they're actually going to be a good fit for a potential partner? Because possibly, if they're not, it's better to pass that by and try to find something else. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. But, but you, you may not know that. You may not know that. But, but one thing about the cultural thing, the best customers I ever had were the grumpiest ones in the beginning. Okay. And I found a way to make them happy by, by, by doing what I said earlier. Yeah. And, and they really didn't want to be grumpy. It's just that nobody was, nobody was giving them the special sauce. I think you can change the relationship of your culture. You, you may start out with a company that doesn't have a perfect culture, but I think you can change that because if you can go to that customer, that prospect, that, that, that bigger company you want to do business with, if you can go to them and say, let me ask you a question. How are you taking care of your customers uh, when they ask you for this or that? And, mm -hmm. and, and you probably, if you already, you should already know the answer because you, you're probably going to see a furrowed brow or you're going to say, well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that. We've been wondering about that ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you say, well, what if I told you I had some ideas? You see what I mean? In other words, preempt the RFP. Write your own specs. That's right. So what, what you're really talking about, Jim, what I hear is the importance of trust, developing that trust. Wow. Is that right? It's the foundation of everything. And if, if you don't remember anything else that we've said today, folks, remember this. Trust is not just the right thing to do. It's a business best practice. Absolutely. Because if I can trust you, Pam and Scott, then that means I don't have to worry about whether we're going to get our job done. I, don't, I, I, can, go, I can drop my shields and, and go to work. And trust makes it much faster 
also to come up with the right thing to do, to figure out how we can work together collectively and be in the best interests of our mutual customer so that the best things can happen. So Jim, do you have some final thoughts that you could share with us on creating new value, small company and large company together? Well, one thing about it is if you're a small company and a big company is entertaining doing business with you, there's only one reason. Otherwise, they don't need you. What can you do that they can't do? What is the core competency that you have that they, that they don't have? And you've got to remember that. And so don't necessarily try to be bigger because they got bigger. They already got that. They can call those people. But find out what it is that's your, what is the sweet spot? What is the special sauce that you can deliver? The only reason why they even consider you and value that, promote that, develop that, find a more elegant way to deliver that. And if you do that, then, then you'll uh, have customers you can't run off. Good thoughts. Jim, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on. Look forward to our next conversation. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. I always have fun with you guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Jim. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, read Jim's bio and the episode transcript, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 110. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss. What new conversations do we need to start inside and outside our company so that we can get even more value from all of our partnering relationships? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.